Well, over the next few weeks, or next three weeks, we're going to follow along with this national prayer focus of being Jesus-centered and what that means. In fact, we have a number of books that um, are entitled Jesus-centered, that if you will read it, we will give it to you. If you, it's just going to go on the shelf, don't bother. Um, <laughs> But honestly, you know, if you're going to read it, and I, I, like, I'm working through it at the moment, and it is, uh, it's, it's a really good book. And it really follows uh, a kind of three themes, and over the next few weeks, we're going to do those. Today, we're looking at being led by Jesus. Then next week, we're going to be about living like Jesus. And then lastly, leading others to Jesus. I love this just simple framework of what it is to live a life centred on Jesus. They say that there's multiple stages in people's discipleship journey. It's kind of that bit where we might just take an interest in Jesus. There's a time where we decide to give our life to him and kind of follow him bit by bit. And as we start to learn that, and, and it progresses to a point where ultimately we are centred in Jesus, in who he is, and, in a, and really his way defines our life. And that's where the full beauty comes out. So today we're going to look at that, being led by Jesus. So my brother, I have one brother, he, but he's a few years older than me, like nearly nine years older than me. So when I was growing up, it was sort of like at times it felt like I was kind of growing up like an only child. And, and this became inconvenient at times. And especially for my interest in sport. I love playing sport. I like being active. I like a bit of healthy competition. And I, like I, as a kid and probably even now, I don't care what sport it is. Whether it's got, you know, bats and balls or um, rackets or just running, whatever it is, I love playing sport and I'm happy to give anything a go. Yet as someone who had to spend a lot of time by myself and a lot of like playing by myself, I'd endeavour to try and find ways to be active and to play, try to play the sports that I was watching on TV. But to be honest, there's only so many times you can pass a footy into a wall. There's only so many times you can bowl cricket balls into the nets at no one else. There's only so many times you can hit tennis balls, you know, um, into, the, into the garage, right? And, you know, I did these things, and I did it a lot. I loved it. And they helped when I actually had the opportunities to play the sport and play with others. But it's not the same as playing the sport, is it? As I was thinking about this idea and thinking about things that are difficult to do just with, without anyone else, I thought of a few different things. Tug of war, very hard to do by yourself. <laughs> Though I did work out if you're trying to build some self-esteem, you can uh, do that through this because you always win, right? Seesaws, very difficult to do by yourself. 
This one, on the other hand, is not so good for self-esteem. <laughs> if you imagine you're the one at the bottom all the time, right? Or conversations. Very hard to do by yourself. Though sometimes the most intelligent conversations I have are with myself. We're not built to do things by ourselves, are we? We're not built to do things alone. Yet, how often do we try to do it on our own? Life, like think about it. Think about various things in life. How often do we try to do them by ourselves? Do them in our own strength, depending on our own merits. I mean, we do live in a culture that highly values independence, doesn't it? We celebrate the stories of the self-made person. And I think that probably fuels this within us, this, I guess, element of our humanity that wants to and tries to do things on our own and, to, and feels like we should in a way, and we're not really being strong unless I've really done it all on my own. Yet as human beings, we are built for relationship. We are built for relationship, relationship with others. We need other people in our lives. I mean, what do we do to the prisoners who are most mucking up? The, most, the way we discipline them is we put them in solitary confinement and, uh, and too long there, they go insane. We need others to do that. But we also need a spiritual connection. Recovery language speaks of the need for a higher power, this need for God in our lives. And I think Jesus illustrates this beautifully through this vine and branches parable, I guess, or illustration metaphor that he uses. And even in this, in verse 4, he says, no branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. It has to be connected. And he says, neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. And then he goes, in verse 5, even says it more directly, apart from me, you can do nothing. I love it when Jesus doesn't mince words. He goes, gets straight to the heart of it, doesn't he? Yet how often do we try and do life in our own strength? We often think that we have the answers on our own. We take the idea of branching out, maybe that bit too far. We even try to do God's work in our own strength. I mean, when you think about it, that seems silly, but uh, like, uh, how often we do it? I mean, I do this all the time. Some of us even feel like we need to try and we have to work for our salvation. We need to earn our relationship with God. We need to earn God's favour. And so we try to work for it. But that's not how God's amazing grace works. It's actually that we didn't deserve it. That we could do nothing to deserve it. That God pours out his amazing grace to us. And this is why that call of Jesus is to come, follow me, and I will make you 
I will make you the people that I need you to be. Salvation is God's work, not ours. And we just need to accept this invitation to come follow him. Stephen A. Brown, the writer of this book, says it like this. There's no way, there is just no way you can live the Christian life and keep yourself at the center. In trying to do so, you will get stuck. You will fail. You will be exhausted. And you will end up very frustrated. Anyone been there before? I have. He also goes on to say that it's unsustainable and harmful. Maybe you have experienced that yourself. And maybe today needs to be a turning point, a refreshing, a renewing of some point, or even just a reminder of what God can do when we remain in him. And this we can see is why we need to be led by Jesus. And that's that invitation to follow Jesus, to connect to the vine and to remain connected. Another way, another, other translations translate that word remain as abide. That so says abide in me and I will abide in you. I love this imagery, it kind of feels peaceful, it feels like centered. It feels like this is my place, my home. Even my security is found in this connection with Jesus. Just wanna highlight just a couple of little things that this connection really highlights, these vine and branches imagery shows us. It shows us that there's a dependency. This being Jesus-centered is a dependent, a dependent relationship. Just like the branch needs to stay connected to the vine to get its life, to get its power, to get its ability to bear fruits, we need to stay connected to Jesus and be dependent on him. Know that he has all the resources that we need beyond our human capabilities. This also, this connection also speaks of a partnership. You know, it's not just we connect to the vine and we don't have to do anything anymore. There's still a role for us to play. There's still things that we need to do, but it's a partnership. And we're not so much the main role, but we're serving the, the vine. And I see this in that we were long to see the work accomplished in and through Jesus for his glory. The need to bear fruit for him. And I think this vine and branches imagery speaks of intimacy and not like in just like in a lovey-dovey sense but in a closeness to our spiritual Lord to our, a, a spiritual connection that is um, is greater than we could even know and this idea that 
I remain in you and you remain in me. This intimate relationship that we can have with Jesus, a closeness maybe, might be a better word. And one of the results of that, well, it results in freedom. It results in fruitfulness. Somewhere else, Jesus said these words. He says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you more work to do. No, he says, I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Who needs that in their life today? Who needs to hold on to those promises today? Who needs Jesus to work that in your life today? So what do we need to do? What do we need to do to see this really kick in? I think the best word I can think of today is we need to yield and we need to trust. We need to let go. There's a reason that recovery language speaks of God being the higher power. Because when we yield and we let go to that higher power, then he is able to do his work in us. We're no longer the ones in control. And how we do that is through prayer. And I mean prayer in its broadest sense, really. Prayer is a conversation. It's a speaking. It's a listening. It's, you know, Paul talks about us praying continually. It's this constant connection with Jesus that we should have and that we can have. Some people do it at the start of the day. They might Take a candle and light it at the beginning of the day. Grab a cup of tea. Say, good morning, Jesus. And then sit in silence and allow him to speak to their heart. And maybe then open up their scriptures and read that. It's about bringing the everyday moments of our life to God in prayer. It's not on the screen, but Stephen Brown says this, ongoing prayer is a key practice for living truly dependent on God. These prayers can be short, very short, informal and in the moment. In challenging moments, you can pray prayers such as, God, you are my strength. God, I choose to depend on you. Or God, I can't do this on my own. I need your help. These simple prayers put our trust in God demonstrate dependence, invite intimacy, and create space for God to do, only what, uh, to do what only God can do. And you know what? This is so beautiful. Because as we yield, as we let go, and allow God to do that work in us, what comes out, is, I believe, is the fruit of the Spirit. We see love, we see joy, patience, Peace, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. And not only does that make our world better, it makes our household's world better. It makes our church better. And it makes our community better when these things are the fruits 
of our life. We need to remember today that God is good and that God is trustworthy. We've sung about that. We've testified about that today. Steve Steve Brown says, the vine doesn't hold back what its branches need and God won't hold back what we need. Yielding and depending on God through prayer and living with the power of the Holy Spirit changes everything. When I read that, I was like, someone needs to hear this today. Someone needs to hear that just like the vine doesn't hold back what the branch needs, God doesn't hold back what you need. We are not created to do life alone. We need each other, but we need to be connected to the vine. God wants you living your best life. And abiding in Christ, living in day-to-day and moment-by-moment dependence are at the heart of centering our lives on Jesus. By doing so, we do what William Barclay said. There enters into our helplessness and fatigue a surge of new life, and we are freshly empowered to do the undoable, to face the unfaceable, and to bear the unbearable. How can you be led by Jesus today? I invite you to pray this prayer with me today. Jesus, you are my vine. I am your branch. I am in you and you are in me. Thank you that all you are and have is available to me today. I long to walk each moment of this day with you. I don't want to walk on my own today or any day. I long to see that your work is accomplished in and through me for your glory. I recognize I can do nothing of lasting value apart from you. Fill me, Holy Spirit, from the tips of my toes to the top of my head. May your power fill me, transform me, overflow to others, and produce fruit that glorifies only you. I pray these things in the name of Jesus, the one whose yoke is easy and burden is light. Amen. Amen.